Okay, we're up to Daf Chuf Beis Ahmed Aleph, the top line. I want to just review one point. There's two different ways to understand this next Gemara. It's actually interesting. I think one way is a little bit easier, but that's not both quoted by Rashi in um, in Beya. But Rashi goes with the second approach, and that's the approach he goes here. So I'll go with Rashi. The OCD anime is, 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 is throwing me up. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's just the left side is clearly more dominant than the right side. So anyway, the Gemara said like this. The Gemara said like this yesterday. I lost, I lost everybody. Okay, the Gemara said like this. The halacha is that when it comes to Shemitah, there was a contradiction yesterday. Does uh, twigs, inedible twigs, do they have the Kedusha Shemitah? So the average twig, we said... No, it doesn't have the laws of Shemitah, but twigs for dyes do. So what's the difference? So we said the very simple. When the Pasuk says the laws of Shemitah, it's referring to something that you eat. Eating, the consumption and the destruction and the benefit all happen at the same time. As you're eating it, you're benefiting and destroying the fruit. It's happening at the same time. When you burn, baking, you actually burn the logs first, turn it into coals, then you benefit from it. So the destruction is not happening at the same time, so it does not have the laws of Shemitah. The benefit is not happening at the time of the consumption. It's happening afterwards. Therefore, it does not fall under the category of the laws of Shemitah. But when it comes to twigs for dyes, where it's being destroyed and it's pumping out colors, so it's happening at the same time, that's when it has the laws of Shemitah. Fine. So the Gemara said, according to this, though, what would the rule, what would the halacha be? What about a torch? You're telling me it has the laws of Shemitah, if it's being consumed and benefited at the same time. A torch is being destroyed and benefiting at the same time. So the last thing we said is stam etzim lahasakan in it, which is the average twig is not meant for a torch. Now what that means, according to Rashi, at least the Rashi over here, what it means is you go by the larger category. So you look at a twig and you say, well, let's go big picture. You don't go analyze of what am I using this twig for. The average twig is meant for, coal, for charcoal. Charcoal is not in the laws of Shemitah. Ah, you're using it for a torch, so technically the way you're using it, the frat, should be a problem. We go big picture, we go klal, we don't go prat. We don't go by, it's, it's sort of objective, it's not subjective. That's basically what, how we ended yesterday. So again, so you have a twig, if you use it for charcoal, it's fine. If you use it for, for a torch, it should be a problem. So why are torches okay, and you could burn a torch and it doesn't have the laws of Shemitah? Because the average twig is not meant for a torch, so you go by the big picture. You go by, you sort of have an item and you have to put it into a category. Twigs are put into the charcoal category. Mutter. Ah, you're using it for, 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 that doesn't matter. It doesn't go by you, it goes by, oh. Says the Gemara, Amr of Kahana, the Eitzim La'asaka Tanahi. This concept of whether you go micro or macro, or you go like small picture of how are you using it, or big picture, is actually a Machloikas Tanoim. So the Machloikas Tanoim is as follows. The Gemara says, the Tani, the Brisa says, Ein moisin peris shviis, loilumisha, loilukvusa. You are not allowed to use Shemitah fruit to soak uh, flax or for laundry. Apparently, they would add like wine, Shemitah wine. Wine could be used for laundering, apparently. And it could also be used to soften flax. You're not allowed to use Shemitah wine for either. Okay. Rav Yossi, Omar, no, you can pay Shviyas, Latecha, Mish, Latecha, Kavusa. And Rav Yossi says, you can. Now, here, here's the point. 
This machloikas is the same shaila. How so? So Rashi explains like this. Let me read you a few lines from Rashi, and you'll see how this makes sense. Rashi says, it's about halfway through that very long Rashi. Rashi says, um, um, I'm sorry. Like this, Rav Yossi allows you to take some Shemitah fruit and use it to soak flax. The Rabbana are against it. You want to know why the Rabbana are against it? It's going to be Istan Pesukim. Soak flax for purposes of use. Yeah, the Rabbana say it's Aser. Rav Yossi says it's fine. We're going to have psukim, but what the underlying shaila is, the Rabbanon feel, we had a question before of when you go by twigs, do you go by how you're using it or just big picture category, put it into a category? What is the average use of a twig? Now that was, again, the average use of a twig is to be strict, it is to be lenient, that the average use is for barbecue is fine. Ah, you're using it for a torch? Don't care. This shaila is the exact same shaila. The average wine, what is the average wine used for? Drinking. Drinking has the laws of Shemitah. So the Rabbanans say, you can't use it for soaking. It has the same laws of Shemitah, and because it has the laws of Shemitah, it must be drunk and not used for anything else. They also go big picture. I, I'm specifically not using for food. I'm using it for laundry. The Rabbanans say, I don't care what you're using it for. You go big picture. Rav Yossi says, you go by each person. You're not drinking it. You're not consuming it. Therefore, it doesn't have the laws of Shemitah. You want to use it for laundry, as we're going to see in a Pasuk. He feels that that's fine. It doesn't have the same categories as other food. So that same shaila by twigs, do you go by subjective or objective? Do you go by the way I'm using it? you should go by category? That'll be the same halacha regarding using wine for laundry. Mamish the same shaila. So the Gemara says, now again, that, and now we're going to have psukim, but the overall, the crux of the shaila is, do you say, well, the Rabbanon say, you're using it, Lamaisa. It's 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 wine. Wine wine must be consumed. You can't use it for any other benefit. It's like using shmita for a business. You can't do that. I you're calling it wine. The rabbanon would say you could look at it. You could say it's not wine. It's it's detergent. The rabbanon say it doesn't go by you. It goes by the whole world. Rav Yossi says it's not wine. I'm using it for detergent. It doesn't have the same laws. So it's mamish this shaila. My time with the Rabbana, what's the psukim that based on this? The Pasuk says that you're allowed to eat Shemitah fruit and Shemitah wine. You're not allowed to soak it. You're allowed to eat it, but you're not allowed to laundry with it. Rav Yossi says no. The Pasuk says for you, that you're allowed to use it for any of your needs. Meaning, because you're not using it for eating, it doesn't have, it's for any needs and it doesn't have the restrictions. What did the Rabbanon do with Lachem, which Rabbi Yossi says is permissive to allow it for laundry and for soaking flax? They say, you know what Lachem means? Lachem means that if you're going to consume wine, it has to be that you consume it, that the benefit is happening at the time of the consumption. The issue with laundry and the issue with... with um, with, uh, with soaking flax, is that it's being destroyed now, but the benefit is later. So that's how they darshan the Pasuk. Rav Yossi nam yoksiv la'achla. What does Rav Yossi do with la'achla, which is the Rabbanan source that you're not allowed to use it for, for soaking flax and for laundry? He permits it. So he says, He says, la'achla is not asering using it for laundry. You know what la'achla is asering? La'achla v'loyimelugma. La'achla is not, you're not allowed to use it for plaster. Apparently, the way they would make bandages for like casts, 
like if you broke your arm, is they would soak it in wine. So that he says you're not allowed to do. So Rav Yossi says, although I'm allowing you to use it for detergent, I'm not allowing you to use it for a cast. Now you could ask yourself, like, what's the difference? Like, what? And then it's a pasuk, but like he, the pasuk permits one and answers one. So he says, I'm going to permit laundry. I'm going to answer cast. Like, why? So the Gemara says. Why does Yosi permit laundry and aser a cast? He says it makes sense that the Torah, if it's going to permit one, it would permit laundry, which everyone uses laundry. Baruch Hashem, not everyone needs a cast. So Rav Yossi feels that it makes more sense that when the Torah is going to permit wine to be used for one of them, you'll use it for something that is universally needed, like laundry, as opposed to a cast where you only need it if you're a chayla. Okay, so you have this machlaikas, and it's related to what we had before, and the crux of the machlaikas, not the background, but the practical halacha, is are you allowed to use uh, wine for, uh, for detergent? Rav Yossi says, yes, the only thing you're not allowed to use is use it for a cast. The Rabbana feel it's all lesser. Oh my goodness. The Gemara says, Kaman who is the author of the following brisa? It says you're allowed to eat wine from Shemitah, but you're not allowed to use it for a cast. By the way, that was what we just quoted Rav Yossi. You're allowed to consume the wine, but you're not allowed to use it for sprinkling. Sprinkling was, they used to have it, they would have dirt floors, they would sprinkle wine like this in their, with their hands, and it would settle the dust and make the room smell nice. It was like, like Febreze. So that you're not allowed to do. Come on, who is the author of this brisa? It's Rav Yossi. Why? Because the brisa asers using it for a cast. You'll say, the Rabbanon also aser using it for a cast. The answer is, the Rabbanon aser everything. The Rabbanon would never say cast. They would say everything's aser. The one who says that only a cast is aser, but other things like... Laundry being permitted is Rav Yossi. Hanami Mishra Kfusa. Okay, beautiful. Um, one more topic to the end of the Amid. Very simple, very nice. Then Amid Bays is a whole new topic. Let's go to it. Okay. Well, we had in the Mishnah a Machloikes Tanoim. If let's say you are, I give you raw wool to dye it blue and you dye it purple, the wrong color. So Rameir feels that's an act of Geneva. And because you did a Shino, you're kinda, so you just pay me the raw materials. Rav Yehuda didn't like that, because if you remember, Rav Yehuda said, then the guy who messed, the guy who stole from you is basically benefiting. And he he you just went to the store for him. So Rav Yehuda says, we penalize him that you have, you give it, he gives you back the purple wool. Because, by the way, the, the review that was really concerned that the, the, the case would be is that, like, let's say you're the dyer and your house, the whole motif in your house is black. And you're like, I really need wool because my wife wants another black pillow. And I give you the wool asking you to, for my house, blue, and you just make it black. It wasn't an accident. Like, you, you want, you just, like, messing me up. So the review is like, no, you got to give it back, and I pay you the least amount. Uh, whatever is lease, uh, either the cost of cost your co- cost of materials or or uh, 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 benefit that the the wool went up. Okay, fine. Machlekes of Meir and Rav Yehuda. Fine. Says the Gemara. Yosef's story. Yosef of Yosef Acheri Derav Abba. For Baba Kama, this is a gadata. Yosef Rav Abba Kama Derav Yosef Rav Yosef Acheri Derav Abba. Rav Yosef was sitting behind Rav Abba. Kama Derav Huna sitting in front of Rav Huna. 
Halacha, and he said the following, Halacha Kravishum and Karcha, the Halacha follows Kravishum and Karcha, unrelated to what our discussion will see in a moment, Ve Halacha Kravishuda, and the Halacha follows Yehuda in our Mishnah. Now, that sounds pretty benign. We don't know why the Rav Yehuda, I know, I don't know Rav Yehuda, but the Rav Yehuda from our Mishnah, the Rav Yehuda, the, 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 that you return the wool. Now that sounds pretty benign, but that bothered Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef was very upset by this, because he felt that it wasn't necessary to say the halacha follows Rav Yehuda, I could figure that out without you. So the Gemara says, Ahadri Rav Yosef la'api, Rav Yosef turned away, he was very upset. You don't have to tell me halacha follows Rav Yehuda, I can figure it out on my own. It's unnecessary. Why? I understand why you had to say the Allah of This is a discussion we'll see in a moment. It's unrelated to our sugya. But Rabbi Shubin Karcha, in the sugya that we're about to quote, argues with the Rabbanon. So he's a yachid against the Rabbim. So you tell me the Allah of That's a bit of a chiddush. It's pretty, that's something. You tell me something. Why? Because Rabbi Shuman Karcha is arguing with the Rabbim, so you might think Yachav Rabbim Alachik Rabbim. So you tell me Alachav Alzer Rabbi Shuman Karcha. It's showing me something. But says Rabbi Yosef, Now before we address why he's upset over here, basically he's upset. You don't have to tell me Alachav Alzer Rabbi Yehuda. I can figure it out. We'll get to that in a moment. Now which is this Rabbi Shuman Karcha? Where is Rabbi Shuman Karcha? So this is related to the first sugya in Avodah The first sugya in Avodah is that before the holidays of the Goyim, you are not allowed to do business with them. Why? I mean, there's two reasons, but the basic reason is you do business with a Christian right before Xmas, and you do a big business deal, he goes to church, and he says, oh, thank you, whatever the, they, they believe in, the Narishkaitan, and they say, thank you so much, our Lord, uh, for the business that you sent me with that Jew, and because of your business, you caused Avodah to happen, which is an Isidaraisa. So because of that, Chazal basically asked her doing business three days before their holidays. Fine. Now, um, says the Gemara, Rav Yeshua and Karcha held, in addition to not doing business, you're also not allowed to even collect money from them. You're going to say, why would collecting money be good? Why would that be a problem? Yeah, it's people don't want to pay debt. And even taking money from a guy, the guy will go to his church on Xmas and say, thank you, Lord, that I don't have had debts. So you, no, no, no interaction. No interaction. So says the Gemara. Let's say it was a loan without a star. It was an oral loan. I spoke to your wife about that yesterday. That an oral loan, an oral loan, or an oral deal. Right? If we are, we we have a business deal, then I tell you I'm going to buy a ring from you, and there's no paperwork. You can't take me to court. It's not a good thing for me to mess you up, but this, I can't, you can't take me. How are you going to prove it? You can't. So says Rishu Karcha, if you have a loan from a non-Jew that he that's owes you money, work. huh? That's how we work. I understand that's how you work, but you, you, you got you to make sure you can go with people you trust because they can mess you up. So the point is, Rishu Karcha holds like this. If, let's say, the guy owes you money and it's an oral loan and he's willing to pay... You take it. I don't care if it's Xmas Eve. You pick it up because you may not get it again because he could just deny it. That's Rav Shuman Karchashita. The Rabbana disagree. They feel no, Asr is Asr. So fine. So when Rav Huna said, the Halacha of Rav Karcha, he's telling me something because it's a Yachid Rab, Malachik Yachid. Can I get the Rab? Fine. But over here, Halacha Krav Lamali, why do you have to tell me the Halacha follows Rav Yehuda? What's the Chiddush in that? I could figure it out. Why would you be able to figure it out? Over here, it's a Machlaikis because here's the rule. It's very simple. Over here in Baba Kama, 
right, in the order of Shas, it's Baba Kama, Baba Baba In Baba Kama, it's a Machlaikis, as we just saw in the Mishnah, Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. That's a Machlaikis. I don't know who to follow. But in Baba Metziah, the, or, the author of the Mishnayis, Rav Yehuda Hanasi, wrote Rav Yehuda's opinion without a name, Stam. So it's a machlekes here, but it's stam later on. You know what that tells you? That that's become the universally accepted view. Over here it's a machlekes, but it's not a machlekes anymore. Everyone accepts that that's the proper approach. So says Rav Yosef, what do you have to tell me? Allah I can figure it out myself. I know the three babas, and I'll just see. Okay, machlekes, and then stam. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, Machlekes stam. stam. How, where's the stam? Machlaikis Baba Kama. Over here it's a machlaikis. Let's fight the other ones of a shark, a shark of the other, Rameir, Oimer, Noisland, Mitzmar, if you the Oimer, Meshavich, Sitzia, Noisitia, and Mitzia, Noisavich, Noisavich. So here it's a machlaikis, Rameir, and Rabbi But how do we baskin? In Bab Mitzia, the next Mesechta in Shas, Stam Bab Mitzia. Titanan, it says in, in Bab Mitzia, Kol Hamishana, any person who changes, meaning, I give you dye asking to make it blue and you change and make it purple, you get the less amount. That's Mamish Rav Yehuda Shita. So what do you see? Over here it's a machlaikas, but it's stam. There's no machlaikas in Bam Metzi. They just bring it down as a universally accepted view. So Rav Yosef was upset. What do you have to tell me? Allah Chafal Rav Yehuda, I can figure it out. So it says the Gemara, so why did Rav Huna say it? I understand Rav Yosef's point. Rav Yosef was annoyed um, Rav Yosef was annoyed that, uh, that, that he said it. The question is, so why Taka did he say it? Rav Huna, Rav Huna, who said it, said Itzrich. He felt that it was necessary to say, why? You know why Rav Huna felt that you have to say it? Why are you assuming that Babamitsi is after Babakama? Maybe when Rav Yehuda Nasi taught the Mishnayas, he taught Babamitsi first. And how do you know the right order? Just because the order of Shas now, that doesn't mean that that was the order the way it was organized. So maybe you're telling me the reason why you, you could figure it out is because it's a machlokas here and then it's a stam there. What if the order is reversed? What if it's stam and then a machlokas? Then, on the contrary, I have no idea how we paskin. So because we don't know the order of Mishnayis, therefore he felt that it was necessary to say. Here's the question though. If there is no order to Mishnayis, then how do you ever have any rules? Right, there's a rule called machlokas v'yachekach stam halachekistam. That means there must be some order. If there's no order to mishnayis, that mesechtas are out of order and prokim are out of order, then how do you ever have any rules? So that says the Gemara, Rav Yosef, Yehi kol machlokas v'yachekistam name ain't say the Mishnah. Stam v'yachekach machlokas. Then how do you have any rule? Any rules? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you how. Rav Huna milay amrina ain't say the Mishnah b'chad the mesechta b'shem mesechta amrina. No, there's there's order within one mesechta. So you'll have to have rules within Man Masechta. Meaning in Baba Kama, that's, or, that's written straight from Perak Aleph to the last Perak. So within Baba Kama, if you have a Machlokas V'yachar stam or a Stam V'yachar Machlokas, there are rules. But from Masechta to Masechta, no rules. I don't know the order. So Rav Yosef responds, there is an order, why? He says, Kula Nezikin Chad Masechta. Rav Yosef says, that's only true within Shas, but within Nezikin, Nezikin there's an order. Rav Yosef felt that Nezikin was written in the proper order. Bab Metziah, Bab Kama, then Bab Metziah. The entire Nezikin was written, it's like one Masechta. It was written with the, that same order. With order. With order. Or another reason why Rav Yosef was able to figure it out. Right, so why was Rav Yosef upset? Rav Yosef was upset because he's saying, what are you telling me, Halacha follows Rav Yosef? I can figure it out. Why? Because it's a Machloka, it's V'yachikach Stam. Then we had a question of, is there Stam by Bab Metziah, Bab Kama, but whatever. Ibai Sam, another answer. Mishum Diktani Lagabi Hilchas Apsikta. 
The reason why Rav Yosef is set is not because there's an order. Forget about the order. That shita of Rav Yehuda that's recorded stam in Bamitziah, it's written in a halach of Bamitziah where all of them are universally accepted halachas. So that Mishnah has universally accepted halachas. Forget about stam, yachim, I don't care about that. That Mishnah is universally accepted halachas. So if Rav Yehuda's shita is brought down in that, sh- in that Mishnah, that's how we pass it. This is Daf uh, Ayin Vav, called Hilchas Apsikta. I don't know. Um, fine. Tanra Banan. Okay, last sugya, which is going to get us through this uh, next Amid. Okay. Noisin Mois Lushluchai. Okay. Very, uh, here's the deal. I have money. Okay. Victor Sip. I give $100 to Gavin. I say, do me a favor. Go to the store. Buy and invest in certain fruits and vegetables. And you'll resell it, and you'll get half the proceeds. So it's my money. Um, you're buying, but obviously for me, uh, I want you to buy apples, and we'll reinvest the apples, and you'll get 50%. Simple. Go to the next page. But instead of buying apples, you bought oranges. So you deviated from the plan. So here's the question. Who's, who gets the money? Meaning, we had a business deal. The deal was, I'm supplying the money, you're doing the legwork, we're buying apples, we're splitting the proceeds, the profit, 50-50. But instead of buying apples, you bought oranges. So here's the question. Do, does the deal still go, that any benefit, any profit we split? Or do you say, no, the second you deviated from the plan, it's not like sort of you stole, but it's sort of, it's, it's your business. The business deal is off, and now all the proceeds go to you. And you just owe me the original money. That's the question. So, says the Gemara, Tanya Chada, one Brisa says, and Pichsu Pichsu Loi, Im Haisiru Siru Loi. One Brisa says that when you deviate from the plan, when the Shliach deviates from the plan, he's no longer a Shliach of mine. So now he just took my money and invested it for himself. And I have no claim to any of the profits. It all goes to you. You sort of stole it. You stole the money from me, the kids are. And you have to just give me back the original money. But the money that you make on the, on the oranges, I don't get a penny of. Or, Tani Chada, another Brisa says, in Pichsu Pichsu Lai, in Maisiru Haisiru Lamtsai. Another Brisa says, no. If you lose money, then that's on you. Everyone agrees if you lose money, that's on you. But if you make money, we split it. So the Machlaikis is, is the business deal still on, basically? So we had a deal that you were going to buy apples, but you went to the store and instead invested in oranges. The machloikas is, is the business deal still on that we split the profits or no? All the deal is off and all the profit goes to you and you owe me the original investment. So the Gemara says, what's the machloikas about? It says, Mamish our Mishnah. What's the case of our Mishnah? I give the guy the wool, the dye of the wool. I say, make it blue, he makes it purple. You know what Ramayor says? You deviated, deal's off. You're a ganif. You keep it, you give me back the cash. Rav Meir feels deals off. Therefore, if it's deals off, the profit goes to you. The second you went to oranges, the deal's off. You just stole from me. Now you get all the profit because it's your money now. You just owe me the original investment. Rav Yehuda, who feels that we still keep the deal going, that you return the wool to me and I just pay you, we keep the deal going. So the deal is kept going as well. Yeah, so over here, I guess we're not looking at you as a ganif. We're just saying that the original business deal is off. I guess you borrowed the money. You're a borrower of mine. Meaning, but the point is, you're right, it's not a gneva. It's that the business deal is off. 
So what is it? I guess you're a borrower. You borrow money from me. But the point is, that machloikas are made of Yehuda, of whether a deviation cancels the business deal, it, yes, in that case, it makes you a ganef. In this case, I guess it makes you a borrower. The whole ganef, the, the neighbor is what triggers everything else. Correct. I don't think you look at the, I don't think they would look at you as a ganef in this case. I think they would look at you as a borrower. It's interesting. Yeah, it's comparing it. Huh? Apples and oranges. So the Gemara says, Oh, so the Gemara says, Meaning, Rameir and our Mishnah who feels that when the dyer deviates from the plan, it cancels the deal. So it's over here, when you invest in the oranges, it cancels the deal. Rav Yehuda who feels that the deal's still going, the deal's still going. Okay. So the Gemara says, like, speaks it out. Rav says, I don't know if that's fair. Why? I don't know if it's comparable. Why? I'm not doing the apple orange thing. It's gonna be annoying. Uh, I'm gonna keep the examples, but I'm not gonna say comparing apples to orange. I don't want to be that guy. But I will say this: it is not comparable in a certain way. I'll tell you what. When okay, uh, I'll go your wife or your wife or his wife because I know all of them, and they're all uh, they they would be particular about certain things. And if you give wool to be dyed blue for your dining room or for your living room, and they come back with purple. I completely understand why Rav Meir said, well, business deal's off. But you're saying that Rav Meir, who cancels the business deal over there, will cancel the business deal over here. Is it the same, though? Over here, it's not for your living room. Over here, it's investment. You told him invest in apples. He says, I went to the market. I'm telling you right now, orange is the way to go. Maybe Rav Meir will be okay with that. Meaning you're assuming that because our mayor feels that deviating over there cancels the deal, over here it also cancels the deal. I don't know if that's true. Over there, of course it cancels the deal because I don't want purple wool. I want it blue. But over here, it's, I'm trying to make money. If, if you trust the guy and he says, listen, I'm telling you, those oranges, that's the way to go. I don't know. I think many people would be comfortable and say, okay, so I wanted you to buy stock in that in Microsoft. You bought it in Google. Okay. Whatever. I, I, so says the commander, Masculine of his laws are, why do you assume that Rameir would cancel the deal here? Maybe Rameir is only bothered over there because it's for personal use. It's for your, your, kitchen, uh, your kitchen chairs, whatever it is. But over here it's business, so maybe Rameir wouldn't mind. So says the Gemara, you're right. Really, both, both prices can be Rameir, but the apples and oranges. And you know what the answer is? Why you, why'd you send them? If you send them to buy apples for you to eat, then the second he buys oranges, he deviated from the plan, and your makbid deals off. Oranges are yours. If they go up in value, I don't care. Give me the money. The price that says that the business deal is not canceled is still Rav Meir, but it's where it's a business deal. So they're both authored by Rav Meir. The one cancels the deal, one does not. One is where you're doing it for personal consumption. That cancels the deal, because I wanted apples for my dinner. I didn't want oranges. The other one that says that the deal is still on is where you're doing it for business. Okay. Now, very interesting. I'm sure in like Lumdis, this next Gemara is very complex, but we'll just run through it fairly quickly. According to Rav Yehuda, who says that the business deal is still on by the wool, so we said that the business deal is still on by the apples and oranges. So says the Gemara, Machuleb Marava, in Eretz Yisrael, they laughed at this uh, interpretation. Rav Yechon, Rav Yehuda, very, very strange thing. Okay. I'm, okay, it's my money. I give it to you and I say, go for business. Go spend $100 and buy apples. You go 
You give the hundred dollars, they give you, but instead of apples, they buy you oranges. Rabbi Yudha says business deal still going. Here's the question though. Who told the, the seller of the oranges that you're buying it for me? Meaning, the Gemara is saying, when they hand it to you, they think it's your money. For it to still be me, for it to still be mine, doesn't the seller have to know who he's selling it to? That's the Gemara's question. Strange question. Meaning, if I give you money to buy apples and you buy apples, I understand why the transaction works. But the second you deviate, then how, he doesn't know that he's selling it to me. How could it be my apples if the person sells it to you thinking you're the owner? How could it go back to me? So the Gemara says, So why do you, why, if you have this assumption that for a transaction to work, the buyer and seller have to know who's buying and who's selling, and basically you can never have a shliach, then if let's say there was no deviation, I give you money to buy apples and you buy apples, everyone agrees that that works. You can have the same problem. Right? Basically, in other words, you're asking, how do you ever have a business deal where the buyer and seller have a middle guy in between? Because if I'm, I'm, buy, I'm going to Menashe to buy a diamond for you, so I hand the money, you hand back the diamond, you, he thinks he's selling it to me. So how does it work? So you're bothered when you deviate. You're like, that, that for sure can't work. And if you don't deviate, it's still the same problem. So the answer is no. The difference is, when I don't deviate, I'm a shliach. Meaning, the reason why it works, really the seller has to know he's selling it to the buyer. But when I do what you're saying, I'm your shliach. I'm mamish like you. But the second I deviate from the plan, I'm no longer your shliach. So I'm buying it for you without him knowing. How does that work? It's a strange problem. Because you're just like, what? He wants it to work. I don't know. Like, what, what, why, does, why, does his knowledge, why is his knowledge necessary? But the Gemara feels that that's the problem. That, that, was, that was their issue with this sugya. That how could you say that the business deal still works? The second you deviate from the plan, you're no longer a shliach. If you're no longer a shliach, then how are you buying it for the original guy? The seller doesn't know who it's going to. So the Gemara says, Ted, I'll prove it to you. Um, now, I'll prove it to you that when, when the person does what he's told, meaning when he, he doesn't deviate from the plan, he's a shliach, and then it works. Okay, the halacha is that if, let's say, you say, all my nechassim belong to the Beis HaMikdash, you do not have the right to give over your wife's you don't have the right to give over the clothing of your wife, that's not yours, that's hers, that's technically hers, and therefore that is not holy. And you don't have the clothing of your children, that's theirs. And all clothing that are even dyed for them belong to them as well. And not new shoes that were bought for them. Basically, because your kids' clothing and your wife's clothing does not become holy if you're makdish or if you're marich to the Beis it does not become holy. And if you pledge to the Beis HaMikdash, cannot take it as collateral. It's not yours. It's your wife and your kids. Okay. So the Gemara says a question. I, you bring uh, uh, clothes to the dyer to dye and it's, it's your wife's clothing. He doesn't know whose it is. He just, it's like raw material. He doesn't know. It's your wife's clothing. What's the halacha? When he's dying it, it really belongs to your wife. So you could ask, how does that work? Your wife's not the one who brought it to the store. What's the answer? 
you don't need the original owner, you can have a shliach. So says the Gemara, whoever told the dyer who you're dying it for. What's the answer? The point is, you see from here that you could be a shliach, and the, as long as the, it's a straight, by the way, it's like this a little bit of like sludgy over here. It's like, it, it, it's, I'm not sure what's bothering them. The Gemara says, you see from here that when you're doing a transaction, if you're a shliach of the original person, the person who's doing business with you doesn't have to know who it's going to. As long as they think it's going to you, that's enough. Oh, so the Gemara says, That's different. The difference is that when you're Makdish Nechasim, you don't have those things in mind. It's not because it's theirs, and then whenever you're going to the tailor, you're really a shliach of your wife, and you're not telling the guy, but it's okay because you don't have to. Forget about that. It's your clothes, but you don't have in mind. When you're Magdish clothing, it doesn't have in mind. The Gemara says, Master, say, wait, wait, you're telling me that whatever your Magdish only is Kaddish because what, it's what, it depends on what you have in mind. Let's say you're Magdish only in a chasim. You know what the halach is? Your Tefillin also become holy. Become Aser. You, you think you have your Tefillin in mind. The Gemara says, The answer is, yeah, you have your Tefillin in mind. You want to know why? Because people are kind of stupid. And they think, if I'm do- donating things to the base on Mikdash, I should definitely donate tefillin. Beis Hamikdash is holy. Tefillin is holy. The Gemara says, "Am levo in tefillin." A person thinks that it's a good idea to concentrate his consecrate his tefillin. Hamakdash chazes suffer mitzvah kavan because he thinks he's doing a mitzvah by donating to the Beis Hamikdash. And therefore, he thinks I'm going to donate my tefillin because the Beis Hamikdash probably wants holy stuff, but he doesn't want clothing of my family. So the reason why the clothing is not holy is not because it's theirs; it's because you don't have it in mind. So the Gemara says, "Wait a minute! You telling me the guy? It's it's, it's contingent on what the guy has in mind." The guy doesn't have this stuff in mind. When a person says the words, I'm Magdish, everything's in the base of Magdish, he doesn't know about his wife's clothing. I'll prove it to you. You know what the halach is? If a person says, I'm donating uh, my value to the base of Magdish, a pledge of his value, you know what Bezin could do? Bezin could take everything away from him as like a collateral. You think he wants that? No. <laughs> the answer is, it's not up to your mindset. So the Gemara says, They could take... Um, like anything away from you. They could seize as security all of your property. Um, so now, that's against your will. That's against your will. What's the answer? It's not a matter of whether you're, what, what your das is. You said you're going to magnish everything to the base of English. So why are your wife's clothing not included? It must be it's because it's theirs. Well, if it's theirs, then every time you go to the tailor, you don't tell the tailor that it's theirs. So you see that you don't have to tell the merchant who it's going to as long as you're a shliach. So the Gemara says, no. You know the answer is? When you're magdish, you're nechassim, it's as if you said, I'm magdish, everything to the base of magdish, but before that, my wife's clothing are belong to her, and my children's clothing belong to her. It's like you're sort of like, you're removing those products from your possessions, then you're magdish everything. I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange, I don't know, it's a, it's a strange havamina. But let, let's finish up. The Gemara is going to say a cryptic line. We've done two minutes. The Gemara is going to say a cryptic line. And then tomorrow we will try to figure out um, try to figure out exactly what it means. Okay. Tan Rabbanan. Halakech sada b'shem chavero. If you buy a field in the name of your friend, ein koifen We don't force him to sell it to you. 
Vim Amr Loi Almanas, but if you said on condition that he will sell it, Kaifanai Salimkar. I don't know what that means. If I go to the store and I buy something in the name of Menasha, we don't force Menasha to sell it to me? What? Like, what, is the, what do these words even mean? So the Gemara says, my Kamar, what, what are you talking about? So the Gemara says, this is what you're talking about. Amr Here's the case. I go to the guy and I buy a field. And I say I'm buying it for the Reish Galusa. But wink, wink, I'm buying it for me. I actually think the reason why probably people did that is because if you walk in and you say I'm buying something for like, you know, I'm buying something for Donald Trump, they're like, oh, right away. So you said you're, you're really buying for yourself. But you said you're buying it for the Reish Galusa. So the halacha is, ain't The halacha is, again, Gavin walks into a store and says, I'm buying something for President Trump. Now the truth is he's not. He's buying it for himself. You know what the halacha is? The transaction works. It belongs to you. We do not force the Rish Galusa to give you an official document. You see, because here's the problem. You went around telling people you're buying for the Rish Galusa. If the Rish Galusa wants to take you to court, it could probably complicate things. What you would, in a perfect world, it's yours. It's, it's yours either way. But in a perfect world, you would get an official deed of sale from the Rish Galusa so that they can't turn around and sue you later on. The halach is we're not going to force them to. They don't have to give you a deed of sale. They don't have to entertain your lies. But, but if you say, I'm buying it on condition the Reish Galusa will sell the field to me, we force the Reish Galusa to write a, a deed of sale. Now let's just finish up with this. You walked into the store, you told them, I'm buying something for the Reish Galusa. The halacha is that the sale works to you. Didn't we just got finished saying that the merchant has to know who he's selling it to? That was the whole thing, that if you're deviating, that if you're a shleich, fine, but if you're deviating, then it shouldn't work because the guy has to know who he's selling it to. Now, he's taking money from you. He's actually selling it to you, but he thinks he's selling it to the Reish Galusa. Why does that work? So the Gemara says, It's a good sale. I thought in Eretz Yisrael they felt that the merchant has to know who he's selling it to. Over here, he's selling it to Gavin, thinking he's actually selling it to Donald Trump. I don't understand that. Why should that work? So the Gemara says, The case is where the guy walks into the store, he says, I'm buying it for Donald Trump. They say, okay. And then as they're writing it up, he's like, I'm buying it for me. And he tells the guy, I'm buying it for me. And he tells the witnesses, I'm buying it for me. So they know who he's buying it for. I guess he just said it in the beginning. But yeah, at the end, is. yeah. The Gemara says, uh, we'll, we'll end with this question. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Wait a minute. If he's really buying it for himself, and he even tells them he's buying it for himself, then what's the end? He says, we're not going to make the Reish Galusa write a deed of sale. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. But what, what, if he goes into the store and he says, I'm buying it on condition. I'm buying it for Donald Trump on condition. He sells it to me. Psst, it's for me. And then they sell it to you. We force Donald Trump to write a deed of sale to you. Why? Gemara says, Why can't the Reish Galusa say, why, why, why am I involved here? Like, if you're telling me that they're actually buying it for the Reish Galusa, fine. No, no. You're really buying it for you. Why does it work? He thinks he's selling it to Rish Galusa. He knows he's selling it to you. So then why does Rish Galusa have to write a deed of sale? Like, well, <laughs> if someone calls me up and they're like, you have to write a document for me. Why? Well, I, I claimed I was you. Well, I, well, why do I have to do that for? So th- there's something going on over here that's a little bit off. And tomorrow we will uh, figure it out. No, stop here.
says, Adam, 